Blog Talk Radio. Hello, hello. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. This is Dr. Low Radio, where you hear the very best in natural medicine. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, Dr. Lauren Noel. It's been a couple of weeks. Sorry, we had to reschedule the show last week. As you guys know, I've just joined a new practice um, at Bloom Natural Health in Encinitas, and I have been working like a dog. I'm doing like 20 IVs a day. It's just, it's madness. So for me to hurry up and finish with my patients right after, you know, to hurry up and get ready for this radio show after my patients at 5 to 6 o'clock. It's, it's a lot. So last week we were actually running late and had to reschedule. So sorry, guys. Thanks for uh, your patience. And we'll get Dr. Nassar on the show next week to talk about anti-aging. So that'll be a great show. But I am so excited for tonight's show. I know you guys are probably getting kind of sick of all kinds of paleo, you know, experts on the show. I was talking about how to have meat to be healthy and everything. And I actually used to be a vegan back in the day. So I kind of still hold true to some of my roots of just really nutrient-dense vegetables and fruits. And um, I really feel like having this expert on the show tonight will be really fun and nice kind of fresh, you know, uh, perspective that we haven't on, had on the show yet. We have Kevin Gianni on the show from Renegade Health. And... Um, I got the chance to look through his website and see some of his videos, and that guy is just super, super awesome. So super excited to chat with him tonight. Um, if you guys want to call in and ask questions, 818-495-6919. That's our number to call in for questions, and also the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Noel, and then the Twitter page at twitter.com slash Noel. I, I try to keep up with the social media. It's been a little, little hard lately, but I think I do pretty good at it. Um, anyway, so yeah, so next week's show is the anti-aging show, and we have all kinds of really good ones coming up, too. Uh, we're going to do a show on uh, stem cells, super cool stuff. I um, actually met a guy who owns a stem cell company, and I was just blown away with some of the research that they're doing. And there's a lot of misconceptions about stem cells. It's actually some cool stuff kind of on the horizon with that, um, used for, you know, like, Patients who can't get pregnant, sometimes they can use stem cells to actually increase, like, the eggs production in, their, in the ovaries. Really cool stuff for, for infertility. Um, a lot of research looking at using it for neurological conditions, for um, cardiac conditions. So that will be super fun in the next few weeks. Um, and then I have some other tricks up my sleeve, too. So that's in the near future. Now let's just kind of give you guys Kevin's bio here. Kevin Gianni, he is a health advocate, author, and interviewer. His expert includes exercise, energy techniques, nutrition, paradigm shifting, and stress relief. Um, he's done many, many seminars and online programs. He uh, did his training at Western Connecticut State University in holistic modalities as a graduate school there. He learned lots of non-traditional approaches to many different health conditions, and we can chat with him more about that, a little bit more about his story. And he's the co-creator, so the creator and the co-host of the Renegade Health Show, it's a fun and informative daily health show. So he actually puts up a video every single day, which is really impressive. It's a lot to keep up with. He is the author of High Raw, A Simple Approach to Eating to Health, Eating, and Saving the Planet, which in five easy steps helps people transform their bodies and their minds naturally and without confusion. And he's the author of The Busy Person's Fitness Solution. Um, he's, he's been quoted and interviewed by many different um, national publications, including WebMD, Cooking Light, Women's World, Skiing Magazine, um, My Family Doctor, STL Today. He's also interviewed a lot of different people you guys would recognize, like Dr. Mark Hyman, Mike Adams, um, David Wolf, and, all, and lots, lots more. So very, very cool guy. Excited to have him on the show. Kevin, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. This is, this is really, really a lot of fun, though. 
I just heard you talking about Encinitas, and, and I love that area. And, and I would like to know eventually more about some of the IP treatments that you're doing, because I'm just involved in some of that sort of stuff, so it's totally cool. Yeah, whenever you're in the area, come by, and we'll give you a free vitamin mineral IV. Put some glutathione in there. It's, I just geek out all day long. I guess I get to talk to about all these cool, you know, nutrients that I'm giving them in their IVs, and it's, it's really cool. You know, it's very individualized. What nutrient deficiencies they have, and then give that to them in their IVs, and kind of jumpstart that process. You know, because sometimes when you get better, it takes a while. You know, it takes a while for people to get sick, and then to turn that around, it can take. A long time. So if you can do the IVs and just get that in there in that way, it's like it's amazing how quickly they can turn that around. So yeah, whenever you're in the area, come by and we'll hook you up. <laughs> yeah, I, used, I used to be a purist when it comes to health and, and some of the things that, that I taught. And, and I, I kind of got turned around. I, I met up with a mentor and he took my blood test. And uh, my blood test, a bunch of different blood tests. And, and I realized that I was deficient in some things. And so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm totally into you know, the, the, the kind of the natural Western approach to, to getting healthy and then looking at some of the things that, that you know, may, you may or may not be able to do with, with natural foods and, and raw foods like we're going to talk about today. So, so it's really cool to, to, like, kind of get back to this, like, a, to, to make this integrative, which really is it's an integrative approach to, to health and healing. Because if you're deficient in one thing, you know, sometimes it's just better to bring your level back up and, you know, do it in a way that may may seem a little bit unnatural, you know, sticking a, you know, an IV in your arm and sitting there. It's actually very relaxing. And so for most, you know, when I do it, I just I just chill out and I sit there, you know, sit with the IV. I maybe have a book, something like that. I make sure they don't have any sort of, uh, you know, iPhones or anything like that around and I just kind of relax. So, so it's really oh, nice it's so too. relaxing, especially when we give them a lot extra magnesium. They just, like, zone out. You're just like, oh, you could tell that magnesium kind of hits, and they're just, they're they're gone. They're just, like, chilling. <laughs> it's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, I actually have a girlfriend of mine. She she has celiac, and she just recently got exposed, like, today, to ce- actually yesterday to celiac, and she called me. She's like, I need some help. So I'm going to, after we get off, off the air, I'm going to go to her house and give her an IV at her house, give her some nutrients that way because, you know, I mean, that, that gut lining, once that gets compromised, it's really tough to build that back up again. So going to get creative. Anyways, <laughs> um, so I'm so excited you're on the show. I know we had to reschedule a couple times, my schedule, your schedule, so we're, we got you here. Um, what's your story, Kevin? What? How did you get to where you are now and, you know, being the raw – vegan food amazing expert that you are. <laughs> Curiosity. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's pretty that's pretty much how it happened. Well to, to kind of take a couple steps back, my my uh my mother and father both have cancer. Uh my are you still there? Yeah, I'm here. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. It just it seemed like it went up. My my mother and father both had had cancer. My father died when I was two and my mother had breast cancer and had uh double mastectomy and she had chemotherapy as well. So so that was something that was, you know, always in the back of my mind because, you know, some people say that, that whether they you with cancer is genetic if there's some sort of genetic connection or if there's some sort of lifestyle connection, way of life, you know, environment type connection. I was always very concerned. So so my interest in, in health, at least fitness, started very early. And so I was always active and playing sports and making sure that, that I was I was as fit as I could be because I knew that, that was Important aspect of, of having good health. Mm-hmm. My nutrition side, my nutrition side wasn't as good. So, for instance, after I played tennis in high school, and 
And before our tennis matches, my doubles partner and I would go to the school store and we would each get a, a Mountain Dew and a Twinkie, a pack of Twinkies. And that was our energy, you know, giving snacks for our, our tennis match. So I'm sure we drank Gatorade and, uh, you know, and all this other stuff when we were, uh, when we were playing. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, that's, that's kind of my nutrition background. I, I went to Western Connecticut at University, University to, to study English, actually, started writing. But I was approached by a, uh, a member of the Holistic Modalities Program. She wanted me to do some research for her. So I started to do some research, and I realized that, you know, I was really missing the boat when it came to, came to nutrition. And so I, I started to, to really dive into that on my own. So, and it's kind of been my own personal motivation um, to avoid disease, really, has been one of the biggest motivations that I've had. And it's taken me through so many different modalities and so many different steps. It's taken me through not eating uh, dairy products to eating dairy products to not eating them again to raw foods to 100% raw food to 100% vegan to not 100% vegan to not 100% raw food to experimenting <laughs> with all these different types of diets to kind of find my own personal niche with you know that I could actually just settle into that would give me the best health for as long as possible, you know, because nothing's really guaranteed, you know, some people can say, oh, they live to be 120, well, you know, there's, there's some genetic components that, uh, that, that may or may not um, allow you to do so, but, you know, the, the, the goal is to get as close to it as possible. So for, yeah. for raw foods, raw foods, my exploration kind of started when a friend of mine gave me some audio CDs, he loaded them to my iPod, and they were from, uh, from David Wolf, and so I... I didn't listen to them for a while, actually, because I just, raw food sounded a little strange to me. And, and I don't know why, but I thought maybe it maybe was just about raw meat or something like that. I, I couldn't even kind of grasp what, what he was talking about, and I didn't really want to just change the way that I was eating. And so I, at that time, I was training for a marathon, and I I would go into the woods, and I'd run run around this trail with a four-mile loop. And I, I decided one day that I was going to bring my iPod with me, and I never really ran in the woods with an iPod, but I figured if I would just listen to some, like, educational material, it could kind of, you know, speed up my learning process about whatever I wanted to do, and that was my big idea. And so I got my iPod, and I, and I popped in the earbuds, and, and I looked around through the – I scrolled around through it, and I saw these audios from David Wolf, and I started to listen to them. And some of the information was just so so unbelievably simple and understandable, and, like, just, I just totally got it. And, and I couldn't believe that I'd never been exposed to this before, and that was that was kind of my foray into it. So, that's, that's how it all started. <laughs> so you're running that's along, the and the the clouds parted, right? And you had that aha <laughs> moment. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> yeah. But, but somewhere like that, yeah. <laughs> wow. So then, after that point, where, did you decide to become a vegan, become into raw foods? Like that was kind of the turning point for you. Yeah. Th- at that point, I had I had already stopped, I'd stopped eating dairy a while back. I'd gone to a Tony Robbins seminar. And, and there was a, you know, he gave like a two-week challenge, and I was under his, you know, his spell, his you know, NLP hypnotic spell, and so I was just <laughs> right. doing anything that, that Tony would do. So, so as I was leaving, I was like, I'll, I'll never eat dairy again. And and the challenge was only two weeks, and so I did the two-week challenge, and then a couple of friends of mine got together and we decided to eat pizza, and it was a total mess. I mean, my stomach was upset. And I realized that. That I had I had been getting this razor burn that would be coming from the dairy. So after that, I stopped eating dairy. So mm-hmm. I'd always not eaten dairy. Then I decided that I would give just you know not eating meat a try too. And literally, I, mean, I would say just about right away, I decided that I was gonna I was gonna go you know raw vegan and and just see what happens. And so yeah. so I did. And, uh, and right away, I, I I had some really incredible results. I I started to sleep a little bit better. Uh, my energy levels increased. Uh, 
Yeah, I lost a little bit of weight, so I was always I was always the guy who, who was really strong, like in the gym. But I'd look at these guys who had, you know, like the, you'd see them like whatever. I'm glad I wasn't those guys because you'd see them just standing in front of the mirror, like flexing. You know? <laughs> Everyone knows that you know that guy is. But you know, really cut and ripped up, and I'd never been able to really get that really cut and ripped up kind of kind of feeling. I started to get that pretty quickly, and so for me, that was that was a really positive benefit for, for just, you know, just giving it a try and, and, and thinking about it and, and then just you know, getting into it without even worrying about some of the ins and outs and the ups and downs that we're we'll talking about uh, today. Mm-hmm. Hey, Kevin, is the audio bad for you? Uh, the audio is not that bad, no. Okay, maybe it's just bad on my side, so I won't, I won't worry about it. Okay, just making okay. sure, because, you know, Blog Talk Radio, they can get crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, cool. So then how long ago was that, that the, the clouds parting, this happened, and then you decided to do this renegade health thing? Well, that was about, that was just about six years ago now. Um, so, so in renegade health, I'd been, I'd been blogging and I'd been a personal trainer before that. So, so I've been, I've been in this industry now for at least 10 years, you know, from fitness to, to, to renegade health. And, and renegade health, really the, the message was to get more information out there about, some of these extreme diets, and I kind of call them extreme diets. They're called them extreme diets, and they're not exactly extreme, but extreme, but they're extreme because no one else is doing them. So, so I call them, you know, the, the raw diet, the vegan diet, but even the paleo diet. I mean, they're they're extreme, but I think it's good to be in, in, at least somewhere inside of that, inside of that extreme. Mm-hmm. So, so mm-hmm. it's it, it's been a, it's been an experience, and I will tell you that, that it's changed. And so, if you want, I can talk about some of the things that kind of happened to me and, and some of the things that, that you know, that, that are good about the raw food diet, things that may not be so good about the raw food diet, um, ways to kind yeah, of please hack, do. Ways to hack into it so you can so you can do it in your own way. Yeah. And, and the first thing that I'm... Yeah, oh, no, go go for it. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. yeah, no problem. And so the, the first thing I really want to kind of kind of explain to people, and, and you know, we've, we've spoken around the country for... In the last maybe three years, we traveled around in 50 different cities, just you know, just sharing our, our our knowledge and things that we've learned. And the first thing that, that I that I think I want to kind of tell everyone who's listening is is that you know when I say raw food diet, it doesn't mean that you have to be you know f- focused on eating 100% raw food or or 90% raw food or 80% raw food or 70% raw food. I actually would like you to kind of take it backwards. I would take it take it the other way around. And, and think about how much raw food you're eating right now and think about increasing it. And I think this is one of the best ways, not only physic, physiologically in terms of, you know, what your body can handle and what you can do, but, but in terms of your, your psychology, in terms of, of, of actually adapting to actually eating a more healthy diet. Now, people who are listening to this call, maybe you're, you're already into, you know, eating really healthy or you're into the paleo and you're listening to me and saying, you know, oh, my gosh, raw vegan, what does that mean? What does it matter? Um, you know, it's a, you know, it's not right. It doesn't work, and 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 I can agree with you at, uh, on a lot of points. So you know, we will talk about that later. But uh, but so so that's that's really the first step. It's it's to look at it the other way around. And I always give an example to people who who maybe might be new to it. And I say, look, you know, don't don't worry about the hundred percent thing. Don't worry about anything like that. You know, what what I want you to do is is take what you're eating now and then add to it. So if, look, if you eat pizza every day. You eat pizza for breakfast, you eat pizza for lunch, you eat pizza for dinner, you have pizza for snack, maybe a late night snack, you have pizza as well. What I want you to do is literally just add something that's raw to that pizza. <laughs> don't take away the cheese, don't take away the wheat just yet, don't take away the the, the you know, the, the you know, the sauce or anything like that. Let's just let's just start real basic 
and let's put something that's raw on our pizza and let's eat it. And then the next time that you're eating something, you ask the same question. You say, look, you know, what can I do to make this healthier than my last meal? And you just keep adding up that way. And that's really a, a calm, cool, zen-like approach to changing your diet instead of going, you know, 100% overnight and then literally hitting a backlash. Because what I found is that if, if someone decides, and I've, seen, I've talked to hundreds and hundreds of people who have experienced this, they, they say they're eating Twinkies and Mountain Dew like I was when I was playing tennis. And then they go 100% raw the next day. And then they, they last on willpower for three months. Maybe they last on willpower for six months. But what happens when they snap back is that they snap back to Mountain Dew and Twinkies because they haven't laid a groundwork of healthy eating before that. So, for instance, in my transition, I've slowly, over time, I've transitioned into eating something that I would call a healthy diet. But it's taking time, and so when I snap back to, you know, particularly, well, let me just say this, when I was eating all raw food, when I snap back to something that wasn't raw, well, it was like steamed, quinoa, steamed greens or quinoa, you know, so it wasn't the Twinkie Mountain Dew kind of snap back that most people get, and they say, oh, forget it, this diet won't work, I'm just going to eat whatever I used to eat. It's, it's a more controlled uh, kind, of, kind of experience, and, it, and literally, it's so much easier on your psyche, because you don't have the guilt, you don't have the shame, you don't... You don't know, have to beating yourself up because of it, because you failed on the diet. You, you always fail on the diet, and that sort of dialogue that continues on, you take another approach, you add something into the diet, and then you just kind of keep adjusting and trying to make it better. So that's really like the first you know, overall kind of thing that I want to say. And one of the easiest things to do is just add a green smoothie into your diet. It doesn't matter if you eat a you know, paleo diet, you can go really light on the fruit. Um, or if you eat a you know, raw vegan diet, or if you eat a uh, standard American diet, or if you eat anything, you're just adding a green smoothie into your diet in the morning. It's one of the easiest things you can do. My colleague, Victoria Botenko, she did a study with about 40 people, uh, and uh, they, they tested their blood before. And, uh, so what, so they, did, what they did is they tested their blood, they, they gave them a green smoothie every morning for 30 days. That's the only thing that they changed in their diet. And then they tested their blood afterwards. And, you know, so, so literally if they were eating steak and potatoes for dinner, uh, it didn't matter. They, all, the only thing they added was the, was the green smoothie in the morning. And, and everyone who continued the, di- the, the diet or the program, really, the diet was just adding green smoothies into their, into their you know, their, their morning routine. Everyone who, who did that, they, they reported weight loss. They reported uh, lower blood pressure, uh, better cholesterol, better sex drive, um, you know, all these markers, not, I don't know if all the markers improve, but a lot of markers improve. So, I mean, just doing that can have a significant impact in your health. And so I think it's kind of just the best way to kind of framework, you know, what we're going to talk about today in terms yeah, of how to for change. Sure. Yeah. I am in love with green smoothies. I do a smoothie almost every day. Um, I'm just curious, what what's your favorite smoothie that you put together? It, it changes, it changes. And and so so right now, one of my favorite ones, and it, it's something that I that I like in the in the you know in like the springtime. Okay, so it's one of my total absolute favorite ones. And what I'll do is I'll put a full um, head of uh, of romaine into into the blender. So that's like my base. I always start with the lettuce or the greens because I know that that if I put the fruit in first, I might put in too much fruit, and I want to make sure that I don't like overdo it with the fruit. So I put a bunch of uh, I put a bunch of romaine in there. Um, mm-hmm. And, and then what I'll do is I'll, I'll have some, some fresh berries. We live in, in California here, so we have the ability to have 
you know, fresh fruit all the time. So mm-hmm. it's a little bit, a little bit hard, but you can do this with frozen, frozen fruits. So strawberries. Um, I put a little bit of holy basil, which is uh, it's healthy. It's a it's an adaptogenic herb. It's very calming for the adrenals, different uh, thyroid. I drop that in, and then I'll put a little bit of uh, I'll put a little bit of uh, sun warrior protein in there. I like the the I need a little bit of protein. I, I definitely um, uh, fast. I'm a, definitely a fast uh, metabolizer. And uh, mm-hmm. and then a little bit of water, and if I like, if I feel like it, I'll put a little bit of fresh squeezed orange juice in there just to sweeten it up. And that's it. So it's real simple. It's not too sweet. It's not too complicated. It's real. It's real easy. In the summertime, though, and this is, or if, I, if I'm ever down in like Costa Rica or, or Central America, I get literally one half of a pineapple, and then I put a big handful of cilantro, and that's it. It's just you know, it's just cilantro and pineapple, and it is insane. Wow. I mean, it's so good. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, I can't, I can't even imagine what that tastes like. That sounds cool. Oh, uh, it's amazing. Another good one too, and it's one of those that you want to take like in the morning alone, kind of thing. Is is half a cantaloupe, and then about you know four, five, six, seven sprigs of mint. And cantaloupe and mint, real simple, real easy, real tasty. So it's almost like you can mm. you can you can be a cocktail or a breakfast. You know what I mean? It's totally up to you. <laughs> Yeah. What about like in the winter time? Because I know that you know I don't really feel like a, a like in a big fruit mood during the winter time. Is there yeah. something that you can make something then? You know what? I I usually I'll stop around the winter time. Yeah. And, and and we I lived in Connecticut before, so it got really cold in the winter time. And I would find that my body would just get too cold. And and you know in the raw food world, there's there's kind of some talk that that you, know, you can you can put cayenne like on your hands and stuff like that to warm them up or. You can do, like, all these kind of crazy things. And, and it's my, I believe, you know, to my understanding, is that most of these people giving these recommendations live in Southern California. So <laughs> I think they're just making up things to, like, to kind of, you know, get through the cold. But uh, one thing that you can do, and, and, and the first thing is, is not to be a not, you know, not be, like, a crazy person about, you know, your food and, and, and you know, how heated it needs to be. Because if you really look at the science around, around raw food, some of it's good and some of it's not. And, and the fact that you, you know, one of the biggest arguments or the biggest, uh, uh, you know, reasons that people say to eat raw foods is because the enzymes, and if you get over 118 degrees, the enzymes get, get, get destroyed. Now, yeah, some enzymes are destroyed over 118 degrees, but if you cook something and you, you break down the fiber, then some of the nutrients are actually more available than they would be if they were raw. So, so we're kind of dealing with, with apples and oranges here in, and in a good way because, you know, you might be able to release more nutrients by cooking something. Though some are degraded, like vitamin C is definitely out of the picture. But that's why a good combination of the two are good. But you can make, you know, around the winter time, what we'll do is we'll make some blended soups and then we'll heat them up just on the, on the, uh, on the stove. And, you know, you heat it up to about 100, 100 degrees or 110 degrees. I mean, it's pretty hot. And, and mm-hmm. so it's, uh, you know, it's, it's nice and warm and, and that can be your your you know your hearty warm kind of soup or or something that'll keep you warm. And you can eat that in the morning too. You know, a lot of people have this thing where you have to eat you have to eat like pancakes in the in the in the morning, and then you have to eat you know uh, you know sandwiches in, in at lunchtime, and then you have to eat steak and potatoes at, at dinner. I mean, you can eat whatever you want whenever you want. Um, there's, there's, there really aren't that many rules to it. Um, you know, if you look at our ancestors, you know, they weren't as picky as we were. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> What about food combining? Do you uh, adhere to a certain, you know, school of thought with that? Well, you know, there's, there's a lot of rules that people have made up, and, and there, there's there's really two that, that make sense to me. Uh, one, because of our physiology, and two, because it just always makes sense 
for me. <laughs> when I when I when I break the rule, it never seems to work. And again, food combining is one of those things where I think it's best off someone doing their own experiments with. You know, just be, just so you know for yourself what works uh, instead of having someone else tell you that you can't eat, you know, cantaloupe on Fridays when you're standing next to a monkey or something like that. You know what I mean? So <laughs> so really, what what I, I think the best you know the best thing to to do is, is melons really are best eaten alone. Um, anyone who, who's eaten a melon and then tried to eat something else afterwards, I mean, it, it, for me, it feels wrong. It, uh, you know, I, I always get this kind of uh, fermenty type burp that, that you know comes up, and it just never feels right. So melon alone, I think, is, is a good rule to follow. And the other is, is, is sugar and fat, or, or you know, high carbohydrate and high fat, because you know the, the carbohydrate digests the fastest, and then the fat digests the slowest. So if you're combining the two. Over time, you may, and I don't mean, you know, just having a little bit of fat with sugar or a little bit of sugar with fat. I mean, having a lot. And, and usually what that turns out to be is your dessert. <laughs> so, yeah. so, so desserts usually aren't the best for, for, di- for digestive purposes. And again, just what about like nature, uh, like nut butters with fruits? That that wouldn't would that be the same kind of concept, or is that different? You, you know, to me it is because I, because I can't do this very well. It, it's you know mm-hmm. a lot of nut butters. Nut butters is uh, nut butter is a lot of concentrated calories, and a lot of people mm-hmm. they don't realize how many calories it is. I think <laughs> if you were to take one full container of nut butter, I, I don't know how many ounces it is, but I, I did the math with it, with a friend of mine, and it was somewhere around two thousand to twenty five. <laughs> Under calories, and that's yeah. that's the whole container. And, and most people who eat nut butter, they will eat about you know a quarter of it, maybe even more. Oh yeah, I could polish that off in <laughs> two days. I know. So, so I mean, that's a lot. That's a lot of calories uh, from from nut butter. So, so you know, just just again, here's the thing. Like, you don't need to go crazy about you know all the different rules, but you really just have to sit back and observe your body and what's happening. And people who are having problems digesting these types of foods, they'll get gas. They'll, so, so if you're the signals look for, you'll get gas. Um, you know, you'll, you'll wake up in the morning with a little bit of a stomach ache. That's a sure sign that, that you're not digesting the food properly. Um, acne is another thing that'll come up. There might be some digestive unrest. It might be irritating, irritating to, your, to your small intestine. Um, you might be getting some inflammation there. With inflammation comes immune reaction and, and you know, inflammation and all these other sorts of things. So, so you want to make sure that, that we're kind of keeping track and having a mental note of what's going on in our body at all times, and, and then we'll know. And over time, you know. So I, when I first got into raw food, I would literally eat a whole thing of nut butter in, in like you said, one to two days. And over time, I started to realize that it just wasn't working out for me. And, you know, the person who told me was my wife, but <laughs> we, don't need to go any, we don't need to go into any other details about that. But, but it's, it's really about looking into what, what works for you. And, and what I like to do is, is I use blood markers, you know, as, as kind of a, a, a really good tool to identify what diet is working. And I think what this does, and I'm sure that, you're, that you use some of these as well, I think what it does is it, it eliminates the what diet is right for, for me argument. And it kind of, well, actually, it eliminates the argument about diet, and then it, it really allows you to focus on what diet is right for you, because you know your blood markers. They, you know, some of them are inaccurate, and some of them you know, don't always kind of you know come 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 into the the ranges that you want them to. And, and you know, who knows what what are some of the reasons? But overall, they're they're fairly accurate in telling you what diet is working for you. And so for for me, you know, that that's kind of eliminated all the. You know what diet is right, and 
and, you know, all the experts speak back and forth, it's kind of giving mm-hmm. me a clear picture as to, to what I should do for my health and, and, and what I should do to, you know, kind of keep myself um, as healthy as long as possible. Yeah, yeah. I think it's it's really about, you know, listening to your body and what what agrees best for each individual, you know? I mean, I, I, I'm a big fan of the paleo diet, but hey, I, I don't think it's for everybody, you know? And for me, I know for myself, I feel so much better when I do more of a, a plant-based paleo and I'm doing a lot of nutrient-dense, you know, fruits and vegetables and some meat. You know, I've found that for me, I feel great on that, you know? So just it just really, I think it depends on the person, you know what I mean? Everybody's so different. Yeah, and, and here's the thing too. I mean, and this is this is a great kind of way to look at it. And the reason that all these diets work, you know, so so you know, so this is why the you know maybe a vegan diet works. And, well, actually, you know, not necessarily a vegan diet, but maybe a raw vegan diet. Because a vegan diet does contain, you know, like the standard vegan diet does contain a lot of processed foods. But more like the healthy vegan diet, or the paleo diet, or even the South Beach diet, or the Mediterranean diet. All these mm-hmm. diets. The reason they work is they, they eliminate the, the craft. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, you know, so so what's the variable? Well, the variable is the craft is gone, and then people get better. You know, now you know us, all of us, kind of on this call, you and I talking, we're trying to hone in on like the ninety-nine, you know, ninety-nine percentile. We're trying to figure out like what's the optimal within the optimal, and so that's right. when we start to to argue and disagree with a lot of things. You know, so so it's it. You know, we have to look at it that way first and say, all right, that's why all the diets are working, at least most of them. Mm-hmm. And then we look into some of the diets. And you can see, you know, there's there's issues for some people with the paleo diet. There's definitely issue, issues with the raw vegan diet long term. People have to be careful about omega-3s. They have to be careful about vitamin D. They have to be careful about vitamin B12. They have to be careful about mineral levels, uh, HDL in their stomach, enzymes, um, teeth issues. So, I mean, these are all things that, that occur if you... Either one, don't do it right, or two, you don't listen to your body saying, hey, maybe this diet 100% or however you're doing it isn't right for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I totally agreed. Hey, if you guys just tuned in, we're talking to Kevin Gianni of Renegade Health. If you want to call in and ask a question, it's 818-495-6919. Our phone lines are open. I see a few people on the switchboards. If you want to ask a question, go ahead and press 1, and I will get you on the air. Um Kevin, I am obsessed with superfoods. I love to give lectures on superfoods because I just geek out to that stuff. Um, do you have any favorite superfoods that you want to share with us? <laughs> well, you know, I'm, I'm right now. I'm into the into the Ayurvedic herbs, so so holy basil is one that I'm I'm totally into right now. It 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 is one of those herbs that transformed my life. And, and you know, some people might say that's like hyperbole or something or exaggeration, but I ended up having one superfood, too much of one superfood, which is which is raw chocolate. And it really assisted in burning out my adrenals. And so for those of you listening, that's not a good thing, assisting in burning out adrenals. That's, mm-hmm. that's really bad. So, so it, really, it really burned out my adrenals. And, and I was, this, this was actually confirmed in the test uh, that I took uh, measuring my pregnenolone levels. And pregnenolone is a pre-hormone. Um, it helps form some of your other hormones, feel the hormones, uh, sex hormones, all the other hormones. So my level is a 6. Uh, that, that level 6 is actually the level of an 85-year-old man. And I'm not 85 years old, not even close to it. And that scared me a little bit. And so I stopped eating the chocolate. Um, actually, not true. I still eat it every once in a while. But, but as much as I was eating, I stopped eating the chocolate. And I started taking holy basil because I was, I was turned on to it by a colleague of mine, Dr. J.E. Williams. And I will tell you, I, you know, when I take different herbs or I, I take different foods, you know, I, I, I don't like 
people ask, you know, do you feel a difference? Do you feel a difference? Do you feel a difference? And, and most of the time I say no. I don't feel a difference at all. But holy basil is one of those herbs that immediately <laughs> calms me. I'm someone who runs hot. I'm high energy. I love to, you know, be, you know, life of the party, that sort of thing. And holy basil just calms me down. And it's one of those things, like, for stress or for any sort of, you know, anxiety that you may have, any sort of heat if you're a hot type person, fantastic herb. You can get it in a tea, you can get it in an extract, you can get it in a capsule form. There's so many different ways to take it. And it's really the thing that I'm, obviously I'm pretty passionate about right now because I'm talking about it so much. But that, that, that's a superfood that I, I totally, totally love right now. Yeah, I used holy basil during naturopathic school when I was really wiped out, and that helped a lot. So I agree yeah. with that. And you put it in your smoothie, right? I do. I have a little extract. We have an extract that we that we sell, and I, a tiny, tiny bit. I mean, it's, it's, the extract that we have is so potent that you, I mean, you know, you don't you don't need a lot of it at all. You only need just a little bit, and it's just very calming. So it's really it's a really cool herb. And the, you know, the other thing, and you mentioned superfoods. I just want to kind of give a little bit of a uh, a little bit of kind of my thoughts on superfoods is, is I love we 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 travel all around all around the world and we brought back superfoods particularly from Peru and and things like that. But the one thing I do want to caution you know everyone's listening is is to not get so enamored with superfoods that are you know from other countries and just because they have a name that you've never heard before you can't you can hardly pronounce it you know is it goji or gojai you know what what is this sort of mm-hmm. stuff. You know what I what I really want to emphasize is that, is that there are actually a lot of great superfoods right in our backyards and and you know for for people who live up in the northwest and even in, in the northeast there's cherries I mean cherries are amazing superfoods blueberries are amazing superfoods I mean some of these foods are just right up on par with some of the superfoods that we get from other countries kale I mean kale is an amazing superfood oh, some of these things are just you know things that we need to focus on and look you know into our backyards as well because you know, I do think that that we have to have a little bit of consciousness around, you know, how, how food is traveling. Now, with that said, we still need to bring things from other countries, but, again, I think an 80-20 type approach, 80% local, 20% fun, is, is a really conscious and, and, and uh, responsible way to, to kind of eat your superfoods. Totally agree. Okay, I know you got a couple more superfoods up your sleeve. What, what are a couple more? <laughs> All right, let's see. So, so some of the superfoods, again, uh, some of the superfoods that, that, that we found recently, one of the things that we've been uh, talking about a lot is um, is Munya. Munya is, yeah, Munya is in, it's M-U-N with the tilde, you know, that little squiggly thing on top, A. So M-U-N-A. This, this herb is virtually unknown to the U.S. And it's, it's an herb that if you are in, uh, the Andes. You're in the Peruvian Andes. You're in the Sacred Valley, which is which is uh, I don't even know how much. Maybe it's 100 miles from from uh, Machu Picchu. So the Sacred Valley kind of feeds into where where you find Machu Picchu. It, it, you know, it's beautiful foothills of the Andes. It actually, it isn't the Andes. But it's in the Valley of the Andes, and they're, they're much smaller. They're not not all of them are snow-capped. And you'll find this herb growing all throughout this area. And basically, it's it's Andean mint, but it's, it has it has it has some of the same properties of mint, but it but it, it has a very unique um, minty, perfumey type flavor. And you make it into a tea, and 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 the people from Peru they use it all the time. They use it every day. They put it, uh, you know, they put they pick go out and pick it wild, and they put maybe three or four um, sticks of it 
into just a bush, uh, three or four sticks of it into just a hot uh, cup of water, and then they drink it for digestion. And it's fantastic for digestion. It's also been studied. And, again, the studies are hard to find. A lot of them are Spanish, so I've, I've looked through them and I've, and I've translated them a little bit with my own broken Spanish and then had some people look at them. But, but not only is it used for digestion, but also used to increase, uh, uh, to increase uh, <laughs> respiration, uh, to, for breathing better. Um, yeah. and, and it's also used to, to lower inflammation. And it's also used for a bunch of other things, but you know, I, I don't want to know if I don't want to know if I want to get into folklore per se. <laughs> right, but, uh, right, right, right. But, uh, but but you know, these are some of the things that, that it's been studied and it's been used for. So it's a really cool uh, herb, and it's and it's not you know it's not super expensive or anything like that. And we decided to yeah. bring it back because because when we're in Peru, that's the one thing that I that I love to drink. I love to have my munya tea. So so I bought it Munya's. back one for me and and two to everyone else to try too. Yeah. Cool. I, I just Googled it. I'm going to get me some Munya. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then cool. Let's take... Go Sorry. for it. Question? Sure. You want a question or do you want to know a superfood? No, food? I got to hear I hear You're going to do a superfood. I, I want to hear one more superfood. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's kind of a superfood that a lot of people know about, but not in the form that, 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 I, that I've discovered it. And it's carob. But it's actually in a syrup form. So carob syrup. And if you've ever been to Greece, or if you've ever been to Peru or some of the other South American countries where where the carob pod or the carob tree grows, you'll you'll find this 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 syrup called algorvinia. Okay, and it's it's a uh, and and again we bought it when we were there. We had no idea what it was, and I and I opened it up and I looked at it. And I said, What is this? And what do I do with it? I just knew I was at a health food store. I just I just buy stuff. And I was like, What is this? Sort of stuff? And then I just you know give things in it and see if they work or not. And so. So we, we brought this home and, and we, we asked his friend what it was and, and he grabbed the banana off of the shelf and he says he said oh algorvinia and he, he dipped the banana in and he just you know shoved it in his mouth and the Peruvian bananas are small so you can put them all in your mouth at once and then he's just like can I have another one you know I said okay <laughs> and he just kept eating it apparently it's it, it's it's a it's almost kind of like a, a delicacy um, you know and they use it in desserts and, and it's a very sweet molassesy syrup carob syrup that has a great amount of vit- uh, B vitamins, mm-hmm. um, great source of minerals, and it's so much more more flavorful than than the uh, than the, the powder. You know, the carob powder seems to be people use it in recipes as a replacement for chocolate, and it, it's not chocolate. You know? Right, <laughs> I know. Every chocolate. time I taste that, <laughs> yeah, Whenever, I'm like, dude, I'm like, come on, let's just do chocolate. Yeah. Like, don't give me the carob. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know, let's, let's put things where we're supposed to be. You know. And yeah. So, exactly. So carob is carob, and then chocolate is chocolate. But the carob syrup is—it's just this unique, very dark, flavory kind of thing. It's like I would say it's like the dark beer of like sweeteners. You know what I mean? It has this like right. really like kind of refined and and, and uh, a very unique flavor to it. And so we we love this. We we brought this back. And it, it's also good. I already said vitamin B, B vitamins and minerals. It's also good for libido. And it's been used historically for libido um, throughout our Mediterranean region. So, so it's something, it's something to, to just look into and explore. You don't have to buy it from us or anything like that. I'm just, you know, I'm just saying these, these cool things because I want, because I'm excited about them. I want you guys to, to check them out and, and do some more research on your own. Hey, good to know. I'm a, I want to have a show on sex and fertility, so I'll have to put that in my notes for that one, the carob syrup. Awesome. Cool. Awesome. Good stuff. All right, cool. Let's take it to the phone lines. We have a caller here from the 508. Caller, what's your name? Where are you calling from? Lisa calling from Massachusetts. Hey, Lisa. How's it going? Hey. Good. How are you? Doing pretty good. What's your question for Kevin? 
recently made raw sweet potato chips in my dehydrator for the first time, and I was wondering, is it okay to eat sweet potato raw, or should sweet potato be cooked before eating it? That's a great question, and I've only had dehydrated sweet potato chips once raw, and they gave me a massive stomachache. I mean, my digestion was awful. Did you eat them, and did you have a response like that? I ate them, but I only ate a few at a time. Okay. So my understanding is, is the, the dehydration process in the in the sweet potato it, it just doesn't work as well as as we'd like it to. I you know for me and my digestion I would rather stick them in the uh, stick them in the oven and and just cook them a little bit more just because of the enzyme the enzymes in them might be a little bit harder for for people to uh, to digest. That's your question, Lisa. Are you still there? I guess they lost it. This is gone. Well, you know, but you know, other other great things to to dehydrate are are definitely kale chips. I mean, if, you know, you can there's a, there's a great kale chip recipe on our website, Running Health. If you go there and just search kale chips, you can uh, you can find it. But uh, you know, I I prefer dehydrating things that that are you know that, that we know we can eat raw that that we just know are uh, you know just just aren't going to give us any sort of digestive issues or they're not going to cause any depletion in our body. You know, sometimes if we if we eat something raw too much, you know, it may it may actually interfere with some of our, our body's processes. And you know, some mm-hmm. of the things that, that I've learned over time is that, you know, sometimes if you if you take a uh, an herb or a substance or a food from from a, a native culture and then and then attempt to adapt it or Americanize it, uh, sometimes it's not being prepared the right way. Um, a good example is maca. Again, we spent a lot of time in Peru. Maca is is a cruciferous vegetable. It's actually it's in the radish and, and the uh, and the, the kale and the broccoli family, broccoli family. And it's 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 a very thick, uh, fibrous root. And a lot of people are you know grinding it down and then they're eating it raw. And you know maybe that may or may not be be good for us, but. Traditionally, the Peruvians have never eaten it raw, and you would think that that if if they you know had been around it for so long and, and become so familiar with it, that that they might have had some sort of raw adaptation to it, but they've just never done it. Now maybe we're you know expanding on their technology, or maybe you know we're just ignoring something that they've known for a long time that it might not be be great. Now maybe therapeutically it's okay, you know, using it therapeutically to to help you know adjust your hormones uh, slightly. That might be. Effective, but it, but it's something to think about. It really is something to think about. Hmm. Yeah, because if it's cruciferous, maybe it might inhibit the thyroid, like other cruciferous vegetables, possibly. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. Never thought of that. Yeah. So, how do you prepare maca? Do you you cook it? You know, I don't. I don't take it, and and the mm-hmm. reason why is because it it makes me insane. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know what it is, and again, I, I haven't studied enough to to know what's making me crazy about it, but it makes me weird. Like, I, I feel outside of myself when I take it. And, and I've taken it in all different types of form. I've taken it raw. I've taken it roasted. I've taken it, um, it's like it's like a gelatinous form that, that people are talking about now. I've taken it in all these different types of forms. It makes me feel weird. So so mm-hmm. I, I just I just recommend that people use caution when, when taking it because it is a very powerful, and it is a super food. It's a very powerful food, and, and if you don't watch it, you know, you might end up, you know, kind of you know, getting yourself in a, a situation where your hormones may be out of balance because you're taking something like this. And because it is in the brassica mm-hmm. cruciferous vegetable, if you have any type of thyroid issues, you really want to be careful, particularly eating them raw. 
Yeah. Okay. Learn something every day. Hey, I got a, I got a question about maybe some patient cases. Maybe you can give me some insight. So I have some patients who are vegetarians and um, or vegans actually, and they have digestive issues, so they can't absorb a lot of their nutrients. And grains and beans all aggravate them. So they yeah. get bloated. They can't even even when they're sprouting and and soaking these things. So do you have any suggestions how they can get enough protein, get enough nutrients in their diet? Um, yeah. Well, I, don't know, I thought you'd be the go-to guy. Yeah. First, first off, I'm not a doctor, so so I can only I can only give. I know, but you know a lot. Ideas. <laughs> I know. I I can only give ideas as to what what's happening. And the good news is, is the good news and the bad news is that this actually happened to me. So so okay. this is like firsthand experience. I I suffered with serious digestive issues, and the reason that I've kind of come to is that is that since I'm a fast oxidizer. I really need to have you know, a significant amount of protein. But because I wasn't eating a lot of protein on my regular raw type diet, uh, I ended up becoming very damp. If you, if you kind of study Chinese medicine, very damp within my digestive tract. And that just means that everything kind of cools down and there's no digestive fire. And so, so really what, what the first thing to do is, you know, at least what I did is this, is I started taking HCL. Um, mm-hmm. on, on a regular basis with meals, never before, never after. Maybe after, but never before because sometimes you might there's sometimes you might forget that you took the HCL and then you know someone calls and you have to run off and you forgot to eat. Uh, it can really kind of wear down on your on your stomach lining. And then digestive mm-hmm. enzymes, and make sure you have really good high quality professional grade digestive enzymes. A lot of the supplement companies that you encounter at the regular health food store, they just throw stuff into stuff, into, you know, little you know, capsules, and then they put a price tag on it, and they sell it to you. It doesn't really mean it's working or not. So so that that's really, like, the first thing to look at. If you kind of take a step back and look at the wider picture, um, there's some other considerations, too. So, so you know, that, that's kind of the acute. Think about it. Here's, you know, here's what you might be able to do. Uh, here's, here's what you might you know, kind of work with. If you look at the bigger picture, well, first you've got to look at, you know, if your digestive tract has been damp for a long time, has stuff been getting through, and has stuff not, you know, undigested food, uh, you know, kind of, you know, uh, undigested pieces of protein, they haven't been, been completely, uh, you know, broken apart into amino acids, um, you know, fiber that may be actually irritating the the small intestine, uh, is the small intestine inflamed. Is that why some of the rice and the beans are starting to to cause a problem? Because you know the body just just isn't just isn't working at the at the speed it should be. And then if you're looking at that, then you know then there's a larger picture of of you know, what other issues are happening. Does someone have allergies? Uh, you know, or you know just whether it's just allergies within you know the face or the mouth, or they're reacting to rashes, hives, acne. Things like that. Do they have some type of issues with their their stool? You know, is it bad bacteria that that, that normally would be destroyed um, through the digestive process in the stomach with the HDL? Um, is, is now that starting to accumulate within the small intestine or the large intestine? So it kind of becomes this whole systemic thing, which is what happens when when things start to go wrong. Then this whole systemic thing, you have to really you know look at uh, take a really hard uh, hard look at what you're doing. For me. I started to eat some some fermented dairy, and I ate some fermented foods, and they helped to some degree, but it was nothing like the fermented dairy. And again, I don't know exactly what it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that maybe it was because you know over time maybe I did run into to some deficiencies, and and having that concentrated food 
uh, was was really helpful for me. Goat's dairy it was. So mm, it, okay. it fermented, but kefir and, and things like that. And I did it for a period mm-hmm. of time. It was something my body wanted, and then I stopped, and then, you know, it seemed to, everything seemed to have corrected itself. So I still do take HDL from time to time if I feel that my, my digestion isn't, isn't as, as good as it should. Um, there mm-hmm. is a test for HDL. It's called the Heidelberg test. They actually uh, yeah. take a pill. We do that on our patients. And, there's, yeah. there's a couple ways. The spring test is just kind of the getaway, yeah. or you can send them off and have a little, you know, little yeah. device put in their stomach. So it's always that was, that was always a fun test to do in patients, stick a string down their throat, yeah. not the most comfortable thing to do. <laughs> but, hey, it's good information, you know. I mean, there's so many yeah. of us just running around with no stomach acid, and we think we have too much because our food's fermenting in our stomach, you know. We're getting that reflux. But, but yeah, okay, good stuff. HCL for yeah. sure. Yeah, so it's hard, All right. It, it's hard to tell maybe someone who's on a vegan diet that they might need to kind of get a little uh, experimental with things, but, but you know, those are, those are some of the places to start and then and maybe expand out further. And that's, that's, that's the only thing I, I can say. I wish that I could, I could you know, tell, tell everyone here that, that, you know, a raw vegan diet works for everyone because it's great for right. you know, the planet, it's great for, for you know, the in, environmental impact. I mean, all these things are really great, uh, though, you know, with, with the way that we are, it just doesn't seem to always work for everyone. So, so I can't, mm-hmm. just, I can't just, you know, put a blind eye to that and say, hey, you know, just do it, you know, even though it's still not working for you. <laughs> right, exactly. Keep doing it just because. Yeah, keep doing it. Um, it's, it's detox symptoms. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, it's a die-off reaction. Okay, whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's so funny when doctors say that. Um, okay, let's talk a little bit about um, soy. I know people are going to ask about that because whenever people hear vegan, they think, okay, you eat all kinds of soy. What's your take on soy? Yeah, well, well, a lot of vegans eat, eat way too much soy, and there's there's no doubt about that. Soy for me is is one of those foods that I kind of categorize. Again, this is my personal opinion. I mean, I've done a lot of research. I talk to a lot of people, but in, in my personal opinion, it's one of those things that it's a once in a while type food. Um, so it's something that that you know, if you come across it and you, know, you eat it, and you know, wouldn't beat yourself up about it. I wouldn't make an effort to go out and eat soy for the protein meat. There are, are there better sources, and particularly there are sources that don't, um, they don't have the money of being contaminated from, from uh, GMO, so genetically modified organisms. The, the, the jury's not completely out about the GMO, at least the, the mainstream media and, and some of the food companies don't want you to think about that. But if you buy a book called Seeds of Deception by Jeffrey Smith, you'll find out that, that there is a lot of information out there about some of the dangers or potential dangers of GMOs, and it's probably a good idea to just you know, let that technology go and, <laughs> and just mm-hmm. you know, don't mess with Mother Nature. Okay, so so and there's also another book that's uh, uh, you know uh, genetic roulette, and basically this is a 300-page textbook of just study after study that will explain you know some of the challenges that have been found with humans and with uh, animals and plants uh, with GMOs. So. So just two, just two resources to look at. So that's one reason why soy uh, may be causing such a problem for us because a lot of it is cross-contaminated. The other thing is this. Is it, as Americans, we just blow things out of proportion. If you look at the daily consumption of soy in, in Japanese cultures, I mean, it's, it's significantly less, maybe even five to, to six times less than what kind of the American soy eater eats. So, again, you know, I think moderation is, is definitely something to, to look at. Now, soy can... There, there, there are properties in soy that are, that are good and bad, and so, so it's something to, to consider. So, so some, some properties of soy can be anti-cancer, and some can actually dampen the thyroid. 
So, so you know, you have to look at all the properties. And just like a lot of the cruciferous vegetables, when they're raw, they have very strong anti-cancer properties, but they also can be dampening to the thyroid. When they're cooked, you destroy a lot of the anti-cancer properties, but they're, they're likely better off, depending on how your thyroid condition is, they're, they're likely better off for your thyroid. So it's something to, to kind of look at. You know, everything has its give and take. You know, if you alter it a little bit, uh, sometimes it works in one way more than it would work in, in the other way. Another thing about soy is, is that by by fermenting it, by having a fermented soy product, uh, it's going to be easier to digest. So so some of the traditional uses of soy, whether it's tamari or miso or it's uh, um, you know, tempeh, you know, those are those are going to be a better a better source of soy if you do choose to eat it. The only time that I'll eat, eat soy is if we go to there's a Japanese restaurant right the corner here, and I might have a little bit of soy sauce, a tiny 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 bit, but that's, that's yeah. It. Yeah, I kind of have the same philosophy on that as you too. Yeah, it's, I don't think it's a huge deal. I mean, people go crazy about the whole soy thing, but it's just moderation. Just have it every now and then, you know. It's to me, I don't think it's a huge deal. And there's, there's obviously a food sensitivity to it, and make sure it's organic yeah. and fermented. But well, and I think that's not I the devil. Me, that's, yeah, and that's, and that's the biggest thing for me is that is that if me as health leaders start talking about soy and talking about soy, it will trickle down, and the organic part will be left out, and and so then that kind of that supports the you know the genetic, genetically modified crops and, and the people who are growing mm-hmm. that. that. That to me is where it starts to get sticky, and that's, and that's where you know we have to have the disclaimer. You know, if it's soy, it has to be organic. You know, if you if you're going to go to the Japanese restaurant like I do, call first, make sure that it is organic, and, and they'll tell you. They'll say no, they'll say yes, and, uh, and and so just make sure that you're eating you know the the soy that is organic because it's just better for you, it's better for the environment, it's better for everyone else that's involved. For sure, I agree with that. Geez, this is like the fastest 53 minutes I've ever experienced. Um, is there anything okay. you can think of that I didn't touch on? I know it's crazy. It's 6:53 already. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> We're gonna we can talk for another couple hours. <laughs> I know, no kidding. Um, I think I touched on kind of the big subjects that I wanted to make sure we talked about. Anything you can think of that I didn't really talk about yet? In, in terms of in terms of the raw food diet, I I I do want I, I you know I joked about the detox symptoms, but I, I kind of want to take that pretty seriously because we've, we've been around so many people who who have you know done the raw food diet well and, and have done it okay and, and who have done it pretty poorly, and a lot of times you know, people come to me because they've, they've talked to all the different raw food experts because we go to these like, different health events, we go to some raw events, we go to some, some vegan events, we go to some larger events, we go to the West. Kind of like you know, kind of expand into all these different crowds because again, I never want to, I never want to pigeonhole myself like I did before, into or, or back myself into a corner thinking that one way is right and there's all this other information out there that's like literally <laughs> I, I need to know because it's better for my health and and I, I need to be sharing with other people. So a lot of people come to me after kind of experiencing this awful diet for you know maybe a year or two, three years, something like that. And usually the concerns are very similar. So their teeth are, are hurting them. Um, generally, anytime your teeth are hurting you, it's not a good sign. Um, it's not a detox symptom. It's probably a symptom combined of poor digestion, lack of minerals, um, you know, maybe too acidic diet, things like that. Uh, they, you know, omega-3s are low. Uh, again, B12 is low. Vitamin D is low. And, again, sometimes just being out in the sun is not enough. And you, know, you can ask some of my friends who live in, you know, South Florida, who live in Costa Rica, who live in all these areas, even them, who they've been 
in, in the sun for many years and, and make a point to run around with their, with their shirt, shirts off in, in like little skimpy shorts, they they all um, you know have have explained to me different cases of, of vitamin D deficiency. So so you know I like to think that, that like this whole natural living in in this paradise kind of thing works, but but we do have to to integrate some of Western uh, some of the Western things we've learned in, in Western technology, Western medicine, uh, natural medicine that's this kind of thing, you know integrative medicine. So and use some of these tools to to really kind of make any diet that we're that we're doing to augment it, even the paleo diet or some of these other diets. So use some of these tools to augment them and not always think so black and white about natural and non-natural. Because, again, we live in an unnatural environment, so sometimes we need to take some unnatural um, measures to bring us back into balance. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to guess. You know, there's lots of tests that can be done to see if you have enough of these levels in your blood. So yes. that's why you got to come see a naturopath and we can test for yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, it's so exactly. true. I I, w- I have been told through the grapevine, heard it through grapevine, that you have a crazy work ethic. So I know you have all kinds of um, <laughs> different projects and things you're working on. What, what can our listeners learn learn about that you have on the horizon? <laughs> well, you know, my my work ethic might be detrimental to my health. That's one thing that I that I do that <laughs> may be yeah. uh, very detrimental. But it's again, it's for it's for everyone else. You know, what what the best thing to do if you want to learn more about what we do is to to go onto our website renegadehealth.com. And we have our book, High Raw, uh, for free for you to download. It's a digital copy. You can get that. You'll see it right on the top of the of the page on the kind of left hand side before you start reading all the uh, all the blog posts. And just put your name and email in there, and you can get the download for free. You can read it. You can learn a little bit more about us. The best way to get involved with us. We've had over sixty, maybe seventy thousand people download that book. So, so a lot of people have read it, and, and it's a great way to to get in touch with us. That's great, Kevin. Any parting words? Oh no, just have a you know, just just say, don't take yourself too seriously. <laughs> yeah. Don't do yourself up. Do your best. You know, take you know, take one thing that I mentioned in this entire call. Forget the ninety nine percent of it, otherwise, and just do it. And and you know, just integrate it into your life. And then next time you hear the next call, just take one thing and and put it into your life. And by the time you're you know three years from now, you're going to be just in this amazing, amazing shape, amazing health. Heck yeah. Good advice, Kevin. Thanks so much for joining me on the show. We'll oh, talk thanks to you so much soon. for having me. All right. Yeah, Take no care. problem. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye-bye. All right, guys, that's the show. Thanks so much for tuning in. Definitely mark your calendars next week. I'll be talking to Dr. Nassar on anti-aging, all kinds of cool techniques. I've been reading a bunch of books on um, the different cultures around the world that live the longest and what they do, and we will be sharing that with you next week. So check that out. That will be a week from tonight at 6 p.m. on Tuesday. And uh, check me out, drlaurennoel.com. I'm in my new practice at Bloom Natural Health. Check us out, bloomnaturalhealth.com. And I will see you next week. Thanks. Bye. North Pole Hotline, Mrs. Claus here. My holiday shopping list is so big, I can't wait for Black Friday. Get to Old Navy's biggest sale of the year starting tomorrow. Old Navy? Beat the crowds for 50% off your entire purchase. 50% off? Plus, this Friday only, Old Navy's famous cozy socks are just a buck in stores. Old Navy's giving $1 for every pair sold up to a million dollars to boys and girls clubs. So I can do good, look good, and get 50% off your entire purchase at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1121 to 1123. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Cozy socks valid 1123 in stores only. Limit 10. 
North Pole Hotline. Help! My in-laws are hosting Thanksgiving, and we're bringing the dressing. You mean stuffing? No, dressing. I need cute outfits for everyone. Get to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, Old Navy's kicking off the holidays with stylish denim, velvet tops, the season's best dresses, and 40% off your entire purchase now through Tuesday. 40% off? We'll be stuffing our shopping bags full. And don't forget colorful sweaters and amazing outerwear, too. You can even buy online and pick up in store for free. Ooh, I love an all-you-can-wear buffet. Holiday your heart out at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1118 to 1120. Exclusion supply. See stores for details.